Welcome to the 50th episode of Sporting Max. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link, connecting you or your business with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Please welcome number 50. This guest is a giant in sports media, current CEO of SEN, Sports Entertainment Network, who recently acquired the ownership rights to the NBL team, the Perth Wildcats, also part owner of Melbourne United. You can see him on TV. You can hear him on the radio and across all digital platforms in the country. Please welcome media mogul number 50, Craig Hutchinson. And here's your host, Max Becker. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. Today we're joined by one of the biggest names in sports media, if not the biggest name um, in sports media. You know, you hear him on the radio, you see him on your TVs. He owns um, SEM, part owner of Melbourne United, and most recently, um, like the voice of Melbourne just mentioned, the Perth Wildcats. Uh, Craig Hutchison, welcome to the podcast. Craig, um, it's amazing to have you on, an absolute honour um, and privilege to have you on. How you going, Omar? Max, what a privilege to be on your 50th episode, mate. Congratulations of making it to 50. You've done a great job. I really admire the way you've gone about it and um, very humbled to be invited onto your 50th episode. Uh, thanks, Craig. Now, you're sort of very well known um, and your journey is sort of well known and documented. Um, I want to get into the hard work that got you to actually where you are today. I um, you know, your early days in journalism and things like that. So, where did, But where did it sort of all start for you and what was your childhood like for you? Well, Max, I always wanted to be a journalist when I was young. And so I started a little bit younger than most, but not clearly uh, as young as you. How old are you, Max? 14? Uh, 14, yeah. Yeah, I began as a 12-year-old at the wow. Warrigal Gazette, uh, mm-hmm. which is where my hometown was in Gippsland. My dad mm-hmm. wrote a column for the local paper, and he was kind enough to uh, let me write that under his name for a year. So I got some wow. experience. <laughs> and then and then he handed it over to me at the end of the year and uh, was able to mm-hmm. tell the paper that I'd already been doing it for a year. So what age did you start at, Max? I started about a year ago, so 13. It's not quite uh, quite as early as you, but hopefully striving sort of same goals. Well, mind you, I couldn't do what you're doing. I couldn't record <laughs> and, and publish and share content. And mm-hmm. it was obviously a different time and a different era yeah. too, but uh, I really admire what you're doing. And yeah, so I, I always think, and I always say to young people, Max, and you're clearly the, the walking example of this, is mm-hmm. if you get all the experience you can while you're at school, then when you get to 18, you've already had a career in whatever yeah. you're interested in, and in your case, media. And then it, it makes it a little bit easier to choose your, your uh, career path because you've already worked in the space. So what was that like to have that sort of, um, I guess, experience to um, work as sort of a 12-year-old, you know, writing columns and articles um, for a newspaper? Yeah, it was. I loved it. It was great fun. I made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I learned from those mistakes, but really enjoyed um, back then being a writer of columns and I took on most things. I took on anything I could get my hands on. I was writing mm-hmm. football and trots and dogs and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, anything going on in town that I could really get involved in. And yeah. that helped me get some experience through, through school to the point where I got to the end of year 12 and I'd done or had, you know, five years of writing mm-hmm. content. Um, so sort of in your uh, early days of journalism, what was your first sort of foot in the door? Uh, my first foot in the door probably was getting a cadetship at the Herald Sun newspaper. So mm-hmm. I went for one when I was 18 and I missed out wow. and I was disappointed and it had been my dream to work for the Herald Sun at the time. And then 
I went again 12 months later, Max, and was fortunate enough to get shortlisted and then mm-hmm. to, to ultimately get a job. So that that uh, then the work, real work began. So what it was involved in that real work, sort of staying up late, um, working so hard to get to where you want to go? Yeah, well, in those days, Max, the cadetships were really tough at the Herald Sun. So you had a three-year mm-hmm. cadetship. And you had to do all of the things no one else wanted to do. It was like mm. <laughs> being, you know, um, a copy boy almost. You had to, yeah. or girl, you had to really take on all the meaningful and mundane chores. And mm-hmm. so what I chose to do was work uh, extra hours over and above those chores. So if there was an eight-hour day, I'd work two or three hours beforehand and two or three hours mm-hmm. afterwards to try and uh, get the most. Um, now, you're renowned um, for day. you. For you, oh sorry. Now you're renowned for your work ethic. Um, in your first first um sort of years, the Herald Sun. Um, you mentioned that sort of cadetship before. Can you take me through that experience and how that your sort of work um ethic there set you up? Uh, well, I started writing sports stories, and even though I wasn't in sport, and in the end, I got enough of them published where they felt obliged or wanted to give me a go in sport. And so I got some sports experiences as a cadet, which is pretty rare. In those days, they didn't let the cadets in sport. And <laughs> ultimately, it was it was my opportunity to leave there and go and do sport mm-hmm. radio because I'd done a little bit of it while I was a sport journalist. So I guess my way say to young people, um, and I'm not uh, an expert by any means, but you know, try and do the job you want yeah. over, and, over and above while you're doing the job you've got. So... Mm-hmm dedicate some time in your own time every day to doing the over and above to get yourself somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what have been the key, um, well, for those who don't know, um, you usually spend sort of every AFL off season um, in America, you know, developing yourself and learning. Can you talk us through um, why you started um, at first doing this? Yeah, I just fell in love with America, Max, at the age of about 30. So it took me a while to find it. I loved New York City. I loved LA and yep. I found it quite inspiring too. So you'd see things or you'd hear something or you'd read something. And mm. I, and that, at that time, I felt that the American media market thinks bigger and acted bolder. And it was kind of, in, for me, a weird way, it was quite inspiring to, and then you'd see an idea, you think that won't work in Australia, but maybe yeah. a version <laughs> of it will, and maybe that might. And and then I just, I found then, plus the other thing is it, it makes you hungry to want to keep going and to keep going, you need a bit of four to go. So it actually makes yeah. you work harder. So what was sort of the key learning experiences um, or what you learned most out of your experience in, as a whole um, from being in America? I think um, just think a bit bigger, mm-hmm. be a bit bolder. Like if you set your aims high and you only get to half of where you want to go, it's it, it's still... Um, a good rise so I, it forced me to get my eyes up I would say and think a bit more boldly it also um, at the time was a little bit ahead of Australia in some of the trends um, in media trends and particularly in the digital space and so yeah I found that uh, inspiring and the other thing was just spending in you meet a lot of people who are particularly in New York and LA especially New York mm-hmm. who would like you who are generally just trying to do things and entrepreneurial and mm-hmm. you know you know trying things that do work and don't work and that is a little bit infectious as well. Yeah. So those are the things I probably took from it. Um, now, I heard on your sounding board podcast, I'm with Damien Barrett, that you were in America and sort of playing pickup basketball and at the local Reebok gym and just so happened to run into Hollywood star Adam Sandler. Um, can you tell us about this experience? Yeah, I think I was 
about 30 max. I was mm -hmm. uh, just resigned all my jobs in Australia and I was in America working on the next move and doing some radio back home, but kind of in a state of transition and used to go to the, shoot basketball in the mornings on my own in the Reebok gym mm -hmm. and just think about things. And in that time, uh, Adam Sandler was down the other end of the court. He was, he was with his trainer and another friend. Mm -hmm. uh, and they yelled out one day, hey, you want to make a four and play two on two? And I didn't know who they were. I said, yeah, that'd be great. And then the yeah. next, thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm in a two on two game with Adam Sandler. And he was opposed to be on that particular day. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the session, they said, are you back here tomorrow? And I said, uh, yep. And they said, okay, we'll play again. So I played again. Mm -hmm. And then the third day, uh, we played again. And then we played in the pickup games in the afternoon together. So it was uh -huh. a weird, weird sort of 48 hours. But uh, he was he was incredibly um, good mannered and uh, really great guy and loves his basketball clearly. So it was it was a bit of a it's one of those things you can tell mm -hmm. a story you can tell when you get a bit old like me, Max. Yeah. How do you rate yourself as a basketballer? Poorly. In <laughs> fact, uh, my 11 year old stepson, who's not far from here, um, took me apart on the court yesterday. So mm -hmm. um, I think I lost the game 20 to six. <laughs> oh, ouch. So uh, I'm not much good, Max, but it's a great little little outlet every day. Mm -hmm. um, throughout your career, you've worked for sort of nearly every major um, Australian media company, you know, Channel 9, Channel 7, um, 3AW and Triple M. There were obviously sort of lots of ups and downs throughout this career. Can you expand on how you bounced back up any time there was some adversity um, or difficulty? Yeah, thanks, Max. It's a great question. Look, I think we're in the um, media is very emotional. And it's very opinionated. So mm -hmm. the world's got emotional and opinionated anyway when the products that you're talking about aren't in those spaces. But in media in particular, it's one person's opinion over another. Mm -hmm. And that goes to um, you know, employees and talent. And so it's, a, it's mm -hmm. a difficult business. You can be a brilliant broadcaster in the eyes of 99% of the people, but there could be 1% who work in management who don't like you mm -hmm. and they can go against you. And then it could go the other way. You can be, you know, not not as good, but then someone in management really likes you and you get further than you, you might have otherwise got. So mm -hmm. there's a little bit of luck involved. Um, for me, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been sacked. I've been suspended. I've been mm -hmm. sued. A lot of things have gone <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but I never took it too personally because I mm -hmm. understand that it's, it's an opinion, and you can only work on your on yourself and try and get better. Mm -hmm. And if you're continually trying to be the best version of yourself you can be, then hopefully more things go right than wrong over time. But you know, some people take things really to heart when they go wrong. And mm -hmm. I always had the attitude that I'm just going to try my best every day. And if that doesn't work, I'll try and do something else. Um, what's that like having that sort of positive mindset attitude? Um, and how do you think that got you through some of those tough times? Well, I think you got to react when things go wrong quickly and get mm -hmm. on with it. And I've had a couple of those. Um, uh, 3AW, I lost my position and moved on pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the footy show, I kind of I dealt with it really quickly because I just thought you can't deal, mm -hmm. you can't sit around and worry about what was because you can't change it. You can only worry mm -hmm. about things you can control. Yeah. And equally, it's 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 media. There's always another opportunity coming. There's always something else to think about to do. So I feel quite lucky. Um, now, just on that footy show, like sort of Thursday night footy show, I remember getting home sort of every Thursday night um, after basketball training, you know, sitting back, relaxing, watching you guys, um, you um, on the Thursday night footy show. Um, the highlight of my week, by the way, what was it like on set and the preparation that goes into putting together um, a show like that? 
Well, I had two runs on the footy show, Max. So the first run as a reporter was quite stressful mm-hmm. because you're, um, you're under pressure to come up with a big story every week and mm-hmm. it's a little more noticeable on an, an entertainment show. Like if you mm-hmm. do a story on the news, there's 20 other stories on the news, you're just one of mm-hmm. 20. Yeah. <laughs> and whether your story is a good one or a bad one is not as noticeable. Whereas when you're on yeah. an entertainment show and you're the only story, mm. um, you stand out whether it's a good story or a bad pretty quickly and you're under mm. a bit more pressure. So I found that quite stressful, very anxious, always worried about next week's story. And that was difficult. Um, hosting was, was less stressful mm-hmm. than being a reporter on the show because uh-huh. it was still stressful a little bit, but it was not um, the same degree of anxiety. And mm. um yeah, and so it was a great experience. It was it's an institution and was an institution. Went mm-hmm. for thirty years. Uh, got a rich history. Feel very fortunate to play a very small small role towards the end of its run, mm-hmm. um, and disappointed that it, that it 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 finished. Met some great friends, you know, Gary mm-hmm. Lyon, James Brayshaw, yeah. Sam Newman, and, and others, um, and worked with some very talented people. So it was very good, Max. Um, now, just like sort of on being in a part of footy shows, you've been um, on Footy Classified since 2007 now. Um, you know, Caroline Wilson, Wayne Carey, um, Eddie McGuire and others. What's the, uh, this experience uh, been like for you? Been wonderful, yeah. And that's probably a little closer to my heart because I was there from the first day. Mm-hmm. We were, Gary Lyon and I were part of, and Caroline, of what sculpting what it would become. Mm-hmm. and it's been uh, an incredible run. So it's very rare to get that length of time on yeah. TV on a show, and I'm, I've really enjoyed it. And it's, I think it continues to shape the AFL agenda every week. So it's done a, a remarkable job, given it's never had any AFL rights in that time to leverage uh, mm-hmm. of, being a, of being a cut-through program. And I, I think a lot of the credit for that, to be really candid, belongs with Caroline Wilson. Um, yeah. And in more recent times, the great work of Matthew Lloyd and others. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Caro has been the one constant. Um, her opinions are, are strong. You don't always agree mm-hmm. with them. In fact, I yeah, often disagree exactly. with them. Yeah. <laughs> but this, the program's built on healthy debate and respect. And I think mm-hmm. um, she, she, Caroline has been the, the overwhelming strength of the program. Mm-hmm. What was that like coming in on the first day with Gary Lyon sort of thing? Oh, in terms of co-hosting together? Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, it was a great honour because he was already an existing host at nine and I was mm-hmm. uh, new new kid on the block back in 2007. And because we, mm-hmm. we had a good relationship, we were able to work it out between ourselves who did who did what and when. And yep. so, you know, it was, it was great fun. So how did you sort of create and find, found um, Croc Media with James Swanwick? Well, we're in uh, LA, Max, and we were kicking around in the, his backyard, throwing a basketball around, mm-hmm. both frustrated with our lot <laughs> in life. He was a frustrated entertainment reporter. I was a frustrated uh, footy reporter. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a lot in common that we both wanted to be doing something other than we were doing. We we're the same age and the same sort mm-hmm. of part of our life. And so we suggested we do we do something. Um, and so we, we started a business together and uh, it wasn't very well thought through at the time. We began quickly and got on with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's been it's been really good. Uh, what was Croc Media all about at the start? At the start, Max was about um, PR and mm-hmm. our second product was television distribution and neither of those things were ultimately very successful but they did mm-hmm. get us towards our third product which was radio syndication and that was a little bit more successful. So can you take me through um, that merger that occurred um, sort of between Pacific Star um, slash SEN um, and Croc Media to initially form or make up Sports Entertainment Network? 
Yeah. Um, there was we were a supplier to SEN and to other stations. Um, we were looking to get to the next level of our business. Mm -hmm. The uh, SEN business at the time, or the Pacific Star Network, was we had a, a great relationship for most of that run. Um, mm -hmm. It had a shareholder that was looking to uh, get get more involved, and he mm -hmm. came and saw us. And in the end, we worked out that there was a fit there to put the two businesses together. Mm -hmm. And so we went through a pretty long and at times complicated merger, Max, but it uh -huh. worked out well. <laughs> Um, so now you've got an incredible and close relationship um, with one of the best journalists um, in Australia, Jared Waitley. Um, can you elaborate on your relationship with him and what it's like to get him across to SEM? Yeah, I think it was a bit of a transformational day for us, Max, because mm -hmm. Jared represented everything that we wanted this, the network to be. He was a um, great journalist, good storyteller, great interviewer, considered. Uh, it wasn't a shock jock. He was very mm. measured. And just sets a tone, and highly respected among industry, and just sets a tone of the conversation every day. So we we're able to work together and make that happen, and it's been a great move, Max. We've been delighted. Um, on SEN, you sort of co-hosted Off the Bench since 2009. Um, now I've read that you make sort of nine versions of Off the Bench into around 70 radio stations um, around the country. How's that show assisted you in building your business? It's been the show that's really driven our our business, Max, because it was the first show where we learned to syndicate you know, around the country it began regionally before it went on SEN mm -hmm. and I love Saturday morning radio it's fun it's mm -hmm. a time of the week where people don't want to think too hard it's light-hearted and it's been uh, a great lesson in learning how to look after clients and to add value to them over a period of time and so I feel quite fortunate and it's been uh, it's been yeah it's nowadays it's and it's my mate Liam so we've been friends mm -hmm. for a long time I've emceed him at, at, at one of his weddings, uh, one of his many weddings, and <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, Max, to continue to do that. And nowadays, these days, we're so busy, we don't get to see each other too often. So it's like two mates catching up on a Saturday morning. What's the difference, do you think, between sort of um, being on radio and then being on TV? Obviously, you know, um, on TV, you have to, like, dress up and be in formal attire and everything like that, but then... When you're on radio, you can sort of kick back and relax a bit more. Yeah. Um, what? Which one would you sort of rather prefer? Um, to... uh, radio. Yeah, radio is a, a greater passion. Uh, it's less structured and mm -hmm. gives you a chance to express yourself more television. It's more structured. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more, you know, more relatable radio. It's, it's the realest form of people. Mm -hmm. um, now, SEN now has, I think it's around 28 radio stations um, with the launch of SENZ um, not that long ago now. When you sit back and look um, at what you've built over the years, um, what are you thinking? Uh, I just, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of work to do mm -hmm. and a lot of things still to, to, to drive. And that's part of the challenge. So I don't really look back on it too much, Max. There'll be mm -hmm. a day when hopefully when we can reflect on a great bunch of people doing a great bunch of things. But mm -hmm. yeah, at the moment, it's all about um, trying to move to the future and build forward. And that's the challenge. Um, we've recently had uh, Mark Howard Howie on the podcast and he asked um, us to ask you a question. Can you take <laughs> us through um, your goal in the EJ Witten Legends match? Max, now it's very nice of Howie to suggest to you to ask that, <laughs> but um, he's only being cheeky. And plus if, you're down, <laughs> if, plus, if you just Google greatest goals in AFL history, you'll find it straight away on your yeah. YouTube. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, 
it's I think it's a ten year anniversary this week, ironically. So you're having your fiftieth mm-hmm. uh, podcast anniversary, and I reckon it's about ten years ago. I remember being scared on the night. There was a lot of big bodies around me that I'd done uh, yeah. bad stories about over the journey. <laughs> a lot of tough guys of football, and so I remember trying to think how do I get through this, and uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, it worked out okay. Um, it was great to see you sitting courtside. I'm um, in NBL game three. Um, I was up in the bleachers. What attracted you to becoming um, a shareholder or owner of Melbourne United? Uh, Max, we just thought as a business that the sport was on the move. It was a good mm-hmm. time to get involved. Um, we had customers of ours who wanted to get involved. Mm-hmm. And so we worked really hard to uh, get, a, get a seat at the table and become a shareholder. And then obviously when you're in, involved, you become more passionate. What did you think of the Melbourne United win, may I ask? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, Udai Baba finishing and sealing the game off at the end with a dunk just caps off a terrific season. Yeah, it was a it was a great win, wasn't it? And uh, mm-hmm. it was wrapped for all the players and they did a great job and wrapped uh, for the coach, Dean Vickerman. So it worked out pretty well. Um, I see you recently purchased uh, the Perth Wildcats. What's the strategy um, behind that investment? Yeah, Max, it's a good question. It's a great uh, sporting asset, first of all. We're in the sport mm-hmm. business. It has a dominant hold on the Perth marketplace. Mm-hmm. It is uh, you know, very emotionally connected to the community. It's done a great mm-hmm. job in the community. It, it's a good business deal, but it's also uh, a really great opportunity for us to build our business in mm-hmm. Perth and build off of the success of that team mm-hmm. um, in terms of our media business. So, yeah, it's it's worked out well. We're subject to final league approval, so we're working through that at the moment, but really, really confident and excited that it'll go ahead and, you know, wrap that we can have, um, you know, a meaningful asset in Perth that we can work with on for sports fans there. Now you've got sort of own um, or part own the top two, I guess you could say the top two teams um, in the NBL, they sort of separate themselves um, by a fair distance from all the other teams. What's that like to sort of have um, those two teams under your wing? Well, I mean, it's great, but our Melbourne United relationship will change uh, because mm. um, we will work with the team to um, to divest down to a to a, a more passive shareholding and mm. be a little bit more hands off in the decision making. That's for mm. sure, um, and be more respectful of of the team. But yeah, it's I mean, Perth is probably the most successful club in the competition. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Melbourne is at the moment the most successful team, so they're two great bit, um, teams to be affiliated with. Um, have you got any advice for any aspiring sports media talent um, to get to the next level and get into sports radio and broadcasting? I reckon follow what you're doing, Max. You've been so persistent in getting today's <laughs> interview together, which I really admire. So that's reward for effort for you, and to do what you're doing, to start to publish, to start to do your own thing, mm. to start to um, act in the job that you've got as you can see these days it's what we're doing right now you can actually broadcast mm-hmm. without a platform yeah so i think what you're doing is key is be persistent and start early and build your career before you finish school so you can hang your hat on experience mm-hmm. so what's it like to have at sen um stars of like sports industry you know cam uh, cam smith brendan mccullum um adam gilchrist guys like that coming um day in day out you know cane corns um, like I mentioned, Gerald Waitley, Dwayne Russell, coming in day in, day out um, to work for SEM. Well, it's great because they're all very passionate people, mm-hmm. very passionate women and men. They're very driven. They're highly competitive and mm-hmm. you learn more from them than they do from you. So, yeah, it's terrific. And it's 
you know, it's, it's exciting to do new things like we're doing in New Zealand right now. We really enjoy that those type of opportunities. So uh, it's terrific. What was that um, SEN New Zealand launch like? It was really exciting. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it's a new frontier for us. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity, and you know, it's we don't. You know, it's a whole new country to be doing business in. So it's been mm-hmm. back to the future. We began the business fifteen years ago in another country, and to be back there again now, Max is terrific in doing some things outside mm-hmm. of Australia. So we're really looking forward to it. Thanks, Hutchie, for uh, coming on the podcast today and putting aside half an hour or so um, of your time to come on and have a chat. Um, it's been an absolute honour and a privilege, like I mentioned, um, to get you on for a chat. Max, I'm absolutely wrapped and excited by your progress. Congratulations on making it to 50 shows. And I look forward to seeing success uh, in the years to come. And I look forward to the day when you're running SEN and I'm uh, <laughs> knocking on your door looking for a job. Thanks, Hutchie. Stay tuned, everyone, for Smart Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sporting Max. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube and be sure to follow our socials. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. This is The Voice of Melbourne and we'll see you back here real soon for another episode of Sporting Max.